Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday on SilverScreenRoll.com podcast. Alex Padilla, Alex Regla, coming at you after a Lakers loss. Not as big of a blowout as it looked like it was going to be there for a while, but the Lakers still lose 131-116 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Alex, how you feeling, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? Uh, you know what? I think I... Let's see. Let's give you an exact timeline of how exactly I was doing. At <laughs> um, about 8.09, I tweeted at Anthony can we not podcast tonight basically because it was that bad for a while. Uh, the Lakers were losing uh, significantly <laughs> by a lot and it, it didn't look like it was going to go anywhere. I think the first quarter was 38, 24 and nothing was going well. Uh, so that's how I was doing. And then they did this comeback here in the fourth quarter. Obviously it fell short because they had such a large deficit, but you know, the Lakers outscored the bucks in the second half. Does that count as a victory? Uh, I think we're past the point of like these moral little victories. victories or, yeah. Well, how about back-to-back games of Russell Westbrook on the bench to close out a game? I noticed that. I mean, this, I think this time there, there's not as much drama, right? Like this team was making a, a run without him. So. Well, I made the observation. You tell me what you think about this. Um, the Lakers made a 23 to nine run when every single player on the court <laughs> was 28 or younger. AD, Stanley, Malik, THT, and Reeves was your run. And this was with Giannis and starters on the court. It wasn't like the Bucks. The Bucks never threw in the towel. And because I think the Lakers made that comeback because they couldn't. That was a, a legit run. They got Giannis in foul trouble. And they looked uh, like a very different team for that, however long that lasted. Yeah, I thought, like, uh, again, we're, not, we're past moral victories and all that. Right. But I thought the young guys, like, most of them, if not all of them played pretty well, given the competition, given against who they were playing against. And like you said, um, that was mostly Milwaukee's best group out there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if there's anything we can take away on a positive note, uh, I thought Stanley Johnson in particular, he really stepped up. I thought he, um, the aggression he showed, like he took it right at Giannis a few times in transition, which a lot of players won't do. But, um, so yeah, if there's anything to take away, at least the young guys didn't look scared in the matchup yeah um i have a new death lineup for the lakers you ready for it sure not that it matters because i don't think they'll be having close games that's how negative i feel today uh but it's like a paper cut lineup yeah ad lebron stanley reeves and monk yeah, I, I mean, I could see that. Has this? I wonder if this lineup has even played that many minutes together at all this uh, year. T- tonight, they took out... I don't know why, Frank. I mean, you can do whatever you want at this point. Uh, when they made the run, he put LeBron in, and that's when the run stopped. <laughs> and he took out uh, Stanley Johnson. And so he, he went with Reeves, THG, Monk, LeBron, and AD and didn't do anything. After that, the Bucks kind of stopped the storm. So it's just something to think about going forward. I think my point being my larger point being here is that the Lakers need to go youthful as much as they possibly can. 
like as much as they possibly can. The Trevor Reza experiment done. The Avery Bradley experiment done. You know what I'm saying? Like shorten when Carmelo comes back, you can play him. He scores. Uh, everybody else though. I, I'm good. We're, sh- we're let's narrow this rotation down. Let's just cut the the BS. Like you need to win every single game possible. This isn't about resting your veteran guys, saving the legs. Like, no, you are the nine seed. Now you're in the brink of being out of the bubble. So to me, it's play the young guys because they actually play well when they get their opportunities. Yeah. And I think it's a good mix, right? Cause this team is so old, like overall that the um, oldest team in the NBA, according yeah. to Ian Eagle tonight. Yeah. So when the, the vets get to play with the young guys, I think that's a nice little mix of like the young legs kind of sparking the transition game and, and kind of hustling a bit more on defense. So there has to be a mix because when this team was in real troubles, like when they were doing the Avery Bradley, Trevor Ariza with LeBron AD Russ lineups, like the, that's just too old. Like they're not, mm-hmm athletic enough they're not gonna be chasing around the court closing out on shooters and all that stuff so there has to be a good like balance of young guys and old guys at the same time and the lakers do have young guys like again you said they're the oldest team on the roster but they have guys like stanley johnson austin reeves tht like monk like there there is enough guys on here where they shouldn't be like icing these guys out these guys need to be part of the consistent rotation yeah, I think that they're, they keep every time they go on the court, they prove why they should be playing more. And every time Ariza or Bradley go on the court, like they have might have a flash here and there, but they keep proving to you overall why they shouldn't be on the court, why they really probably shouldn't be on this roster. I understand why Ariza was brought back, but like guys like Bradley, they have a bunch of them. You know what I'm saying? Like they have a bunch of guys that are the same as Avery Bradley. Um, so it just it, it just is glaring sometimes to me. And THC, I mean, we could talk about him forever. We don't need to get into that tonight, I don't think. But because it's like, what is there to say? He's taken a giant step back. He's a young kid. And the only real conversations that you should be having about THT are, will he be on this team after Thursday? Uh, yeah, I, yeah so, I was I was thinking about it as I was watching the game. Like, this might be the last home game as a Laker for, right. for THT, right? Well, and Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, no. And I, maybe, you know what, like, we, we talked about his play. How, who knows how that um, hangs over a young guy. Like I, I'm, I got flashbacks to like Clarkson, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Larry Nance, like all these guys were in trade rumors when they were young. And a few of them, like, I think after that, after they were traded said that, you know, that impacted my game. Like I was looking at the trade deadline coming up. I was, I heard my name in every trade rumor. Like that's got to kind of, like take a toll on a young guy, especially a guy like THT who hasn't, he knows he has at the season he, he expected. So right. who knows if that played a role into tonight or, or anything, but you know, what's crazy. THT actually had a positive plus minus tonight. Really? It came where yeah, him and Stanley Johnson, to your point, two oh, of the wow. young guys were positives in a, in a game where they were down by like 30. Yeah. And he got a lot of minutes too. 29. It wasn't yeah. like some fluke. Um, yeah. It's a, uh, <clears throat> I think um, I'm, I'm, I know that there's going to, this could be, this podcast can be totally dated by if we talk trades by tomorrow morning, honestly, it doesn't even feel like particularly safe to, to even talk about a trade now. Cause by the time I post it, who knows Rob Palenka was like sitting courtside today. You never really know. But anyways, we could talk about just a general thought on the, on the trade. But, but do you think a game like tonight, the performance being down by 30, I know like, again, they made it, uh, respectful towards the end. Do you, do you think that 
has any type of adds any type of more desperation to this deadline do you think Polinka being there watching this in person do you think that adds a little more pressure he hears the booze you know like he hears what's going on in home games like yeah. do you think this changes their calculus at all i mean it should it should highlight the fact that you're not going to get what you expected to get if you trade THC. Kendrick Nunn is not going to play Ill until March. That was the latest update today from Frank Vogel. He's not playing this year. I'll just, I'll, I'll <laughs> if, I, if I lived in Vegas, I would bet money on that. Um, and you're going to trade a 2020, a, a pick half a decade away from mm-hmm. now. You're not going to get anything that's going to come in here and make the Lakers better. Like, it's just not like, let's be realistic for a second. The piss there you're looking at. I, I mean, let me ask you, you pay attention more closely to the league as a whole, the trades that were happened that happened today, mm-hmm. buddy healed is now on the Pacers. You know, the, the Josh Hart, CJ McCollum moves um, the ones that we saw today. Did that diminish any hope you had of a possible player coming in or did that elevate? You're like, Oh wow. That's actually like the, the market's kind of low. Honestly, yeah, I I was a bit surprised with a lot of the returns, like um, the Portland uh, deal in particular for um, trading Powell and Covington to the Clippers for only really a second round pick. Uh, Obviously, Powell has a lot of money left on his deal, so Portland could have viewed that as a salary dump and stuff like that. But that's too defensive, and in Powell's case, like a two way wing. And those those guys are premiums around the league, and the Clippers got two of them for a second round pick and a prospect. So um, the Lakers don't have that type of financial flexibility, obviously to stack up contracts and take back uh, longer term money and stuff like that. But uh, the deals overall, I haven't really like diminished my optimism in terms of them finding someone. It's just a matter of how, again, the 2027 pick is, is a really interesting pick because yeah, the Lakers could be really bad by then. So Mm -hmm. it could be a really good pick, but how many GMs, expect to still be with their team right. by 2027 to be like, Oh, if I get this pick, I can do something with it. They're, they're mm. in the same boat. A lot of them as Polinka. He doesn't know if he's going to be there right. or not. So it, it all depends on the certain front office who, who really has the trust of, of, of everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to me, and I don't even know the possibility of this. Cause I, I just genuinely don't know like the, the market and cap and contracts and all that. The best thing the Lakers could do is trade Russ for anything to get away from that contract if possible. And I'm not even, because to me, Alex, this isn't a white flag on the season, but it kind of is a white flag on the season. Look at tonight. You're not anywhere close to that team. And I don't know how many teams actually are to be fair. I don't know how many teams are actually as good as the Bucks. You know, I think they've scored like 137 points. Yeah, they, in three they've been seconds. on a roll. They, right. They've been on a roll. So I'll, I'll I'll preface it by saying that. But the Lakers healthy in a month from now, if everything goes well, they're not close to that. Their roster doesn't compare anything to that. Every time the someone shot the ball for the Bucks, is like that's going in. It just felt like they have so many options. They actually play defense. It's uh, I just think that getting rid of Russell Westbrook just out of the equation is a win right now. It's just too much. It's a distraction. It's not enough return on the court. LeBron's getting asked about it and he's kind of like tiptoeing around it. 
I just think getting away from the Russell Westbrook drama is a bigger win than to whatever else they can bring in, in my opinion. I mean, do you think this is likely with a couple of days to go that they can find someone? No, to, no, I, I don't, I don't, I think this is, I, I think they've made their bed with Westbrook and I think they're ready to, to explore options in this, in the summer. And I, I think it'll be a lot easier with one less year on his deal. He'll be inspiring. Uh, for some teams, that's like tra- pretty attractive to have a big expiring contract like Westbrook. Um, yeah. And in, in some cases, that could be in, to the Lakers' benefit. They, they'll have enough money to kind of either bring back some role players or try to go after a star who you need to match salaries with. So, I, I yeah, I, I know it hasn't gone the best with Westbrook, but I, I don't think at this point they're going to be able to move off of him. And um, yeah. yeah, see, like it's a, it's, it's just one of those things where I think reality is hitting a lot of us now that. You know, LeBron was this LeBron's first game back? Did he play against the Knicks? I, I'm drawing a total, no. He, he played against the Knicks. Yeah, I'm drawing a total yeah. brain fart. Sorry. Um, it's just like, is Carmelo going to come in and, and subtract? You know, a 30 point deficit, a 20 point deficit? No. So you, this is like the three guys that you signed up for. I just think there's a lot of issues that, just like you said, maybe it could be easily solved, more easily solved in the summer than right now. But I think you're looking at a team that's going to be in the playing game. I mean, right now they sit four and a half games out of the six seed mm-hmm. and the two teams behind them made moves because they thought they could get better and, and go compete the Pelicans and the Blazers. I don't know how realistic that is for the Blazers, but still they made these moves. Um, I just, it, I think reality has set in the past couple of days. Like this is kind of it here for the Lakers. I really do think. And then today, if you, if you read uh, the athletic and Bill Oram, um, he says, the most likely outcome for the Lakers is that they stand pat with their current roster through Thursday's deadline. If they make a trade, it is going to be the form of THC none and the, and the pick. But at that point he even says, I mean, what is that market going to be for you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that gets the Lakers, Jeremy Grant or, or at this point, Miles Turner, the report is Miles Turner is likely to kind of stay in Indiana now after the, the deal they did today to move off Sabonis. So um, Jeremy Grant seems like the biggest name left for the Lakers. And again, maybe not likely at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they could do some stuff around the margins, but again, uh, I don't think a single move is going to propel them into uh, the bucks. Right. Tier. And we're talking about buyout market again, historically. Yeah. It's never worked. We brought that up before. Uh, uh, Keith was the only player to be bought out and win a, a championship, I think in the history of buyouts is that, I think that's accurate. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was fantastic. If they could find yeah. another one of him, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but I mean, didn't work with Drummond, you know, it's so this, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a, who knows? Here's a quote from Frank Vogel. Oh, okay. From one minute ago on the, tr- he was asked about the trade deadline. He says, quote, if there is a way to improve our team, we're going to do it. Hmm. Uh, oh, they're they're going to be aggressive. I, I I don't doubt like well, they might not do something, but they're right. definitely going to be making calls. Yeah, I think Palinka has shown that he's not. That's the one thing about Palinka; he's not scared to do something. Clearly, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know this isn't the the trade pod, but uh, where where do you stand on trading Tht the first round pick and none? Maybe not for a Jeremy Grant type player. Yeah, but maybe like a a a vet, like say like an Eric Gordon. Right. Or just like someone of that ilk, like would I guess, you, would you aim low 
to, to short ter- short-term improvement or is it even worth it at that point to, to get rid of those guys? I think it just depends on what you think THT is. Is this a young player going through learning curves that still has an enormous ceiling or is this a player that is showing his true stripes and this is what he is? I think that's the bigger question because you can answer that. If, if you answer that, you'll get a, a different answer. To me, he is showing that when pressure is on him to perform and be not just like, Hey, whatever you give us off the bench. Cool. Like, no, when you're relying on him, which is the first year that we're doing it, he has not been able to produce really anything so far this season. So to me, it's not a leverage of your future. It, because I don't think THT will be what we thought he was. So I, to me, I would do it regardless of what you can bring in. Cause you can't really get much worse. There's also a real shot. THC is just not a Laker in a year or two on his own doing. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to be unrestricted. Uh, yeah. He could just choose to leave. And honestly, I, I would be shocked given the role he has on the team. Like Frank Vogel before the game was asked about THT's like shot attempts this year mm-hmm. because there's some games where he shoots it four times. There's some games where he shoots it 12 times. Um, today he had, really? I was tracking it in the third quarter. He, took his second shot attempt the whole game for a young player that that that's got to be frustrating so the lakers also have to be realistic in terms of is he going to want to resign with us are we going to want to resign him to Mm -hmm. a bigger deal he's going to probably want more money than the the money he is he's on right now so yeah a lot of this does the thing about player options is that he right now isn't playing what he's making right now no he's going to opt in to his player option right yeah right so I think to think about if you're, if this is the THC you're going to get, there's no way he's opting out. There's no way because he won't get more yeah. anywhere else. So it's, what do you, what would you do? Like, are you on the boat of let's trade? Uh, I, I think there's gotta be like a threshold. I, I, I think there's like a, like, obviously if you could get Jeremy Grant, then yeah, let's, let's do it. But if, if you have to be realistic with like some names that have been thrown around by Eric Pincus and, um, Forget who else. Uh, Jake Fisher, I think. Um, he mentioned, mentioned like Terrence Ross, Eric Gordon. Like these are the names. Jeremy Lamb before he got traded was another name uh, linked to the Lakers. So it'd be someone of that caliber. And I'm not sure if I'm like um, all that excited about giving up the first and THT. Like even if you're low on THT and that yeah. first is so far ahead in the future where, yeah, who knows what. what we're in you just don't know. Game. That's why I have no attachment to it whatsoever. If it was next year's pick, I'd be like, no, we suck. Like it, that might be a lottery pick. Yeah. Um, but uh, they might 20, not be very good in 2027, 2027. Who knows what you look like at that point? Yeah. Like, honestly, you're tra- it's a half a decade away. I mean, the Lakers went from uh, not making the playoffs to winning a championship in a year. So it, I, it's kind of, it's just a, who's to say that they won't get another LeBron James in the summer. Once LeBron is gone. That's, yeah. a, that's that's the thing. You only have LeBron for this short window. I, I am curious to see if they're just like, I don't forget the future, even if it's a marginal improvement, like an Eric Gordon who might help us win two or three extra games. Um, if they're that, that's it. Like they're going to be really aggressive. I, or if Polinka and them are just like, no, we're just going to wait it out to the summer. Do they have that type of patience? Do you want to light the internet on fire? We could do a whole podcast with the Lakers trade LeBron James. Oh God. <laughs> That sounds like an Anthony pod. Like I'm sure he's already done one like that. I mean, dude, if you're talking about trying to get some return, I mean, what would, what can LeBron net you right now? 
that is a uh, that yeah, is a sarcastic no question, Alex. I'm not really proposing that. No, I know. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was looking at another Frank Vogel um, quote. So he was asked about changing the starting lineup tonight, which he did. Uh, Riza was in over Stanley Johnson, and he said, uh, "We'd like to find a starting group that we can stick with, but we haven't won enough to do that. We've had two terrible defensive first halves consecutively, so we're looking at everything right now. That's the thing, also, like." The consist- consistency, even when guys are healthy, is just crazy. Well, dude, it just looks like that. It's okay. This is like a, I don't know if it's a cop out, but it just looks like they don't even care defensively sometimes. You know, that first half today, dude, Giannis was like 12 of 12. It was the to same start case. The game. Same thing gets the Knicks. The first yeah. half was horrible. It's like at, at some point, you have to play guys that are going to put some sort of effort into this. Like, we, that's why I think Russ ain't playing when it matters is because he's not doing anything defensively. Let's just be honest here. Like every time that you give him some real defensive responsibility, it's a fail. It's just a fail. It's, it's the, it's the overall just effort. And with Russ, I don't know if you've noticed it, but he does seem very in his head right now. Yeah. And I do kind of feel bad because there was like this, this possession where I forget who it was, but he basically got past an open look in the corner and instead of taking it, you could tell he had like, first he dropped the ball, almost mm-hmm. like he had the yips just before the ball even got to his hands, like a shortstop who was like really nervous at the first base. And then he, instead of shooting an open three, like drove baseline and stepped out of bounds. And I'm like, that that's just a player who's overthinking it right now, is not confident. And that's like the opposite you want to have in a Westbrook. Like that's the whole thing, like how confident he is, how aggressive he plays the game you don't want a Westbrook who's like timid or just nervous because then he's just going to, I don't know. Then he's just not going to be, he's just not going to be effective at all. We're having conversations that I, we, I thought we're going to be done with in November. Yeah. We're, we're too late into the season to be having these discussions. Right. right? Like this thing is like, they'll find a starting lineup. These conversations about, and I, and at this point it's like, yeah, it's a plug and play when everybody's injured, but like, that's not the case right now. You know? Like it's just not in the, the, they, the way they, they shouldn't be starting like a start have a starting lineup that hasn't played one game together. They, right. That starting lineup is zero and zero on the year, and we're what like twenty something games left in the season. That's ridiculous. Dude, Russell Westbrook should not be talking about his role in the fourth quarter. His role should be I'm the point guard in the fourth quarter, and we're having these conversations like it's October and November. Like that's the bigger issue here with the Lakers. So. It's a disaster, man. It's a disaster. There's no way around. <laughs> there is no other way around it, Alex. Let's face reality. Even the most positive Laker fan on earth can admit that this has not been a success and the chances of it being a success because, and I would mark it this way. The Lakers are in a championship or bust roster and they may be a playoff or bust team. <laughs> you know, like, let's be real. Like this team's not going to win a championship. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not trending that way. Yeah. Um, but I, I, so, and you're the positive uh, one and I'm getting you to admit these I was going to say, so let, let's spin it. So there's, I don't know how many games there's left this year, but like, what's like a realistic, like target, like get healthy, obviously. And then what, try to go for the six seed. Is that like their best case outcome at this point? Yeah. I mean, four and a half games behind the nuggets. I think they uh, play them twice. I, I I think left in the year, so they could make up some ground. But um, obviously, they want to get out of the plan. I think that's their goal. 
<laughs> I think that's their goal. I think my goal is to make the play in. Sure. Yeah. At this, at this I point. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, they got Portland tomorrow. We got to do this again tomorrow and then have fun with Golden State on Saturday. Utah, Clippers, New Orleans, Dallas, Clippers, Warriors, Spurs. Yeah. So good luck. I mean, we're going to learn a lot about this. I mean, we pretty have it. Come again. on, see, dude. I, I, <laughs> see? No, I like Alex, saying it. I think, I think, I think I'm, I'm like dragging you with me now. I think you're realizing what uh, the reality is a bleak one, man. It's a bleak one. It's just not, it's just time is, it's too much time has passed. You're right. And, um, because here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. Let's play the game of reality real quick and then we'll move on and wrap this up. Let's assume the Lakers stand pat. Mm-hmm. You stumped me last week. Now that LeBron is back, now that AD seems to be gaining his AD form, I'll give him that. That's a good thing. Although every time he plays Giannis, he goes into his turtle shell. Um, how can the Lakers win more games? <laughs> <laughs> you stumped uh, me with that question, and it's a it's a basic question, but it's a complex question. How can the Lakers win more games with this roster? Um, they, they can't lose first quarters. I, I think that that's like, obviously that's not going to win every game, but I think just not digging yourself in a hole every single game. And, uh, I, I'm, I might go look at this after we record. I, I'm curious to see what their net rating is in first quarters, like the past month, because it can't be good. They're, yeah. they're constantly down by like 12 points by the halftime. And it's just, it's so hard to win games that way to yeah. come back and stuff. So I mean, in the beginning in of the season, of, it was don't lose third quarters. And now, it's, and first now quarters. it's first quarters. So that that's honestly, that's like the biggest starting point. Um, and then finding some type of starting rotation that, that clicks. I, I think Monk has proven, although the defense, I, I'll, I'll give Vogel this, the defense with him and Russ uh, Westbrook, that backcourt, that's just not, that's not going to cut it uh, in, against most NBA teams. But at least offensively, he he's been amazing. So it looks like he's going to stick at least. Um, my answer is LeBron and AD have to average seventy combined together every game. Uh, yeah, they have to at least play every game together. Yeah. For and them Monk, to win. Monk's got to get near twenty every game. There you go. That's ninety points. You're that's it's a good part of the battle right there. <laughs> you know, like I just think that's because I'm I'm. I'm not going to pretend this team's going to fix its defensive issues. It's too late for that. What I do know is that they have guys on this team that can score more. Like yeah. AD can't score 22 against Giannis. AD has to score 40 against Giannis. I guess let's just like, let's, let's just be real here. I keep saying that, but like enough sugarcoating all this stuff. Like when you're facing guys like Giannis, you have to match up with Giannis. If he's going to put 40, you have to put 40. That's why they brought you here to be that guy. You know, like LeBron has to score 35 points when they're playing the elite level teams. They, they need the scoring output. Russell Westbrook has to be aggressive. He can't be cowering in the corner when he has an open three. Like he has to be aggressive. Uh, if he has five turnovers, but he has 20 points because he's aggressive, I can live with that. But him still having five turnovers and not shooting the ball or being aggressive is, is a recipe for disaster for the Lakers. I think Malik Monk is game. Every time you play him, Malik Monk is game to do it. Like that's like, he may have off nights cause he's a shooter, but he's game to go out there and give it your all. Austin Reeves gives it his all every game. Stanley's, you know, hit or miss, but he seems to like at home. He seems to really be energized in LA when he plays. I, I like Stanley. I think there's positives there, but they need to do it every single night. They can't have off nights. They just can't. 
They're not good enough. Yeah. Their, their, their margin for error is just Frank Vogel said it himself. It's so thin. Like they can't afford to make these types of mistakes or not play with effort. They're not that good. Like right. Milwaukee, I would you say they played with a lot of effort tonight? Dude, that was even, like the quietest forty-point game I've ever seen Giannis have. Again, like, they have that margin for error where they're talented enough where they can kind of mess around and kind of smack other teams. Like <laughs> if I told you uh, Bobby Portis had forty points, would you believe me? Because didn't it seem like he was the it loudest? It was like a trick question that maybe he did and I just missed it because no, he was did, always open. He was like the loudest scorer of the game. All his, <laughs> all his shots seemed to make an impact in the game. But he had 23. Like Giannis finished the game with 44 points. He went 17 of 20. That's like a DeAndre Ayton playoff game. Like It just, it, it was so ho-hum, the game too. Yeah. It really was. Like there's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bad look for AD every time he goes up against Giannis too. It's just not. It's not great. Giannis takes that matchup personally for yes. whatever reason. Yes, uh, and I wish AD did too. I wish AD did too. But anyways, Alex, uh, 131, 116, Bucks win. Uh, the LA Nightlife took their first L of the season, it looks like, because <laughs> they were there. I was in LA on Sunday. Uh, I was at Radio Row for Super Bowl, and and Crypto was littered with a bunch of Bucks fans. And I was like, where are the Bucks fans coming from? Uh, and they won that game 137, 113. They beat the Blazers 137, 108, and today 131, 116. Yeah, Lakers dude. slowed them down a little bit. Yeah, Lakers slowed them down by six <laughs> points. So, anyways, uh, they play tomorrow, the Lakers. Uh, then they play the Warriors. Two games only till we mm-hmm. podcast again. What do you think? Um, I said they go Both on the road, by the way. So they, they're flying up to Portland probably tonight. Yeah. Ooh, Portland on the road is always, I don't even care who's on Portland. That's always a hard game. Um, I have no idea who's on Portland right now. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know. Who's uh, gonna be they better win tomorrow. <laughs> they better win tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be Portland. Golden state's going to be a toss up. Um, I'll, I'll say they go two and no, what do you think? But also how many trades, Two Did and they oh, make, they yeah. beat the Warriors. Yeah, I think so. Get out of here. I got to be positive. Um, these so Russell, how many? So oh how many God. wins and then these, how many trades? The next, Russell uh, next Westbrook, time we talk. These Russell Westbrook quotes are not good coming out. Oh, we, no. we should talk about these real quick. Um, what do you say? Russell Westbrook says, "Let's see. Hold on. Sorry, I just lost it. Dang it. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Here he goes." Uh, this is Dan Wojcicki, uh, Russell Westbrook saying he's not been communicated with about his minutes, saying he's earned the right to close games. He respects Frank Vogel's decision, but he wants to play. Uh, there's a moment, I guess, that like LeBron and AD were pretty bummed out. I saw and that. He's like, I told them I wished I could help them, but I wasn't in the game to help them. That's not my call. Oof. Yeah. Um. I mean, hmm. do you got to get rid of Russ, dude? I'm sorry you have to <laughs> like um, if you're not gonna play him what are you dealing this for honestly what are you doing this for if you can't play him uh that last quote though um i but i wasn't in the game to help them out but that's not my call has the coaching staff community created to russ what he has to do to close the game uh quote i don't have an answer for you brother i shouldn't have to hit a benchmark i've earned the right but once again that ain't my decision that's a decision uh uh, and he and the staff think is best. Do, do you think, um, obviously the coach doesn't have to tell a player uh, why they're not 
um, closing or not. But do you think it's weird that that's the like that's like the third time now Westbrook has said he hasn't had any communication with the coaching staff about this? Is that yeah. kind of weird? Yes, because I think Frank Vogel knows. Like, listen, I'm coaching for my job at this point. Like, it, it may be a losing effort at the end of the year, but Frank Vogel is doing what he thinks is best, and he doesn't really care what Palinka or anybody thinks about it. I think that's really the case. Like every, and that's part of the bigger issue. Everyone seems to be playing for their own thing instead of the team, even the coach. How do you not have communications with the guy making $44 million this year? Yeah. Come on. Like, yeah, it's, I'm telling you, Alex, like you got it. You got to let it go. You got to move on from Russell Westbrook. I don't know how, but you got to do it, dude. It's not going to happen. <laughs> At least not now. Uh, there, this is it. Like he's going to be on the team. It's it's just a matter of trying to make the best um, for him and the rest of his teammates. And I, I think that might start with at least some type of like airing out with him and Frank, because him continuing to say like, I haven't had any communication with him about these things. Mm. That's not a good look on Frank either, though. I know Frank's no, not, not. He's no. not a good. Frank's not in a good spot, obviously with the roster he's been given and especially with his coaching style like that that's like water and oil from the beginning but still he has to at least kind of mend this thing before it just uh, falls apart <laughs> wow that quote though uh, i'm just really thinking that that because him saying to like lebron and ad i wish i could help you but i'm not out there like that's not my call that's almost like hey like this guy over here frank he's not good right like i don't know it's just uh, that that that's funny to me. Yeah, I mean, dude, it wasn't like LeBron was yesterday. It wasn't like LeBron was backing him up either. You know? No, you're like, right. Yeah, and and he wasn't even asked specifically about trades, and he was over here talking about trades and getting better, never mentioning Russ as part of the future. Like, so it wasn't like LeBron. I think LeBron's looking. We can all talk about the GM, right? We could all make the jokes, and we could all do that. But I think LeBron is smart enough to know when something's not working and why it's not working. He's been around long enough to realize like this is, this was a mistake. Okay. LeBron's made many mistakes as Legium. And this is another one is right here. So he's got it. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, dude. Uh, we still got the trade deadline coming up. So it's not going to, we're going to have plenty more news coming up. I'm, and it's not, listen, a Twitter is not real world. It's just Twitter, but yeah, people are, you just read the timeline, Alex. It's, it's, yeah. Maybe, maybe that was Russ's last game. Maybe tomorrow he won't play. Maybe he probably could happen. I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell fans that don't expect Westbrook to, to not be a Laker. Westbrook's uh, quotes are like, do yourself a favor. I don't have them all in front of me. Go on Spectrum Sportsnet and read or watch the quotes because it's, it's not good. Go to silverscreenroll.com to read them. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what else to say, man, about Russ. I just don't, I think he, yeah, he, he, he's down to tear it up too. Like he's not holding back anymore either. So no, no. At some point he's going to let, he's just, again, this is not going to end well. If this is the, the route we're heading this. Right. Yeah. The most important part is that I continue to use my gift to play basketball and use that platform to help people around the world. That's all I can do. Basketball is a short time of your life. I enjoy it. Have fun and want to compete at the highest level, but it's not the end all be all whatever comes cheers, booze. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it sounds like a guy that's like 
he's kind of making peace of just like what it is yep i wish i I told them i wished i could have helped them but i wasn't in the game to help them out it's not my (laughs) call oh buddy all right alex this is the video it's the video with it i I think that uh yeah because it's him over there cheering up lebron and ad and lebron and ad are just kind of like they're just worn out yeah and the question about the benchmarks was he was asked what benchmarks he has to hit to make the Lakers closing lineup. Russell Westbrook said, I shouldn't have to hit any benchmarks. I put a lot of work in. I got a lot of respect in this game. I earned the right to be in closing lineups. Gloves are off, dude. Yeah. Everybody's going to fight for their lives because this thing is going down. It's going down quick. There's not enough room on the lifeboat, Alex. Who's going to make it? We'll see. Trade deadline like 30 hours away from now. So we'll see. If they beat the Warriors, I'll buy you a bottle of your favorite liquor. Because oh, that ain't, okay. that ain't happening, dude. All right, yeah. Well, that we'll is see. not happening. I will be in L.A. on Thursday. <laughs> drop it off for you because that's not happening. Uh, this was always fun, though. At Alex M. Regla, that's what you can find on Twitter. He's Optimist. Look at him. I can't even break him down right now. I'm trying my best to have you join the dark side and you just won't use a, a little just, bit of optimism still in your life, dude. Uh, you're trying to sap it out of me slowly yeah. each pod, but no, I'm good. Uh, still. We're getting there. We're getting there, but yeah, <laughs> we'll talk to everybody next week. Uh, I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter. Uh, Alex Regla, read his work, silverscreenroll.com and subscribe to this podcast, Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever else. Did we get taken down Spotify? Have we removed our stuff because of Joe Rogan? <laughs> Maybe because of Anthony. I don't <laughs> Maybe know. Maybe because of Anthony. <laughs> now we're still there, everybody. So check it out. Alex, this was fun, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, man.